All right, good morning, y'all. And I'll be honest, like, part of it is because we have a baby. We, like, keep this up at night. But even being here three days, I'm really tired. So, like, I empathize with y'all and sympathize with y'all. Okay, today we're going to wrap it up. Uh, We'll see if we can wrap this up in about ten minutes. And then that'll give us just a few minutes if we want to have conversation or questions or any thoughts or feedback you guys have. All right? That may or may not happen, but we'll see. Um, Let me pray for us, and we'll get going. Um, Lord, again, even though uh, it's it's reality that, like, we're physically tired, um, it is a gift that we get to gather with one another and uh, be with you and um, learn and look at your word together. That's a real gift and privilege, and so we're grateful and I pray that, um, like, how, how big that reality is that you want to be with us. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Um, I pray that that reality would give us some energy and life and vitality uh, this morning. And I pray that uh, everyone gathered in the room would have the energy they need to um, walk through and finish this week really well in a way that honors Jesus and loves one another and, and honors um, campers and folks we're interacting with out in the neighborhood. Um, so Lord, would you grace us uh, in that sort of way this week and also this morning we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians twelve. All right. Remember, these are the people Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. These are the people he's like punching in the gut. Like you guys are a bunch of kids. Y'all need to grow up. So here he's talking to them about how even though they're a bunch of kids who need to grow up, they're Um, a body, and the Holy Spirit is empowering them in certain and specific ways. So let's read, um, does anybody want to read kind of a longer passage, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20, like you just feel alive this morning, like you want to read it, no, you're just stretching? I don't feel alive, okay, okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20, and y'all follow along with her, thank you. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but as its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. For we were all given the one spirit to do. Even so, the body is not made of one part, but in Now, if the foot say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it will not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Everyone in them just see one another speak. If they were all one part, where would 
Great job. Thank you. Uh, really beautiful, and also, like, you just have to admit, like, this is just really, like, brilliant and creative writing from Paul. Like, to think of this amazing metaphor that the church is like a body. And here's the phrase I want you to remember. Um, we see Paul talking here, describing a church where there's unity in the midst of diversity. Unity in diversity. Look at verse 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Unity. One spirit. One body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Like, this is... Like, we miss how crazy this is. But this is crazy if there were a local church where these sorts of people could gather together and love one another. Like, Jews and Greeks, slaves or free... This would be like um, like a hundred times more extreme than like the most avid Donald Trump supporter and the most avid Bernie Sanders supporter, like loving living together in like loving relationship and community. Like it's it's kind of crazy that Paul says this is the sort of unity and diversity that the Spirit can bring. Okay, but what we want to talk about this morning is. Uh, not just like philosophical diversity and ethnic diversity and all those things, but um, there's a diversity of gifts. And so here's what I want you to see. Just two things. Um, first, the Holy Spirit. This, listen to this. this. This is something, this is one of those things like you're familiar with, especially if you grew up in the church, but it should never cease to like, like blow your mind. Um, the Holy Spirit has intentionally equipped and empowered you with certain gifts, right? Like you're not just, um, it's not just happenstance that you're good at certain things, but God himself like saw fit from like eternity past, like, hey, in my intentionality and in my perfect plan and in my perfect wisdom, I'm going to gift you with these certain gifts for your good, for the good of Jesus. But what Paul's talking about here. Is for the good of other people, for the good of the church. And that's crazy. The Holy Spirit has intentionally, it's not just haphazard, like intentionally gifted you and empowered you with certain gifts for the good of the church, the body. Um, and so, like my encouragement to you is to use those gifts. Like don't neglect those gifts. Because neglecting those gifts dishonors Jesus um, and the ways that he's seen fit in his sovereign, wise providence to gift you. Um, and it also hinders the local church. So think about this. If you're a part of a local church, and uh, one day, I hope, I hope you are if you're not already back where, wherever you live currently. Um, like if you're a part of a local church, then you have gifts that that church needs, right? Like you're an ear or an eye or a toe or a finger. We didn't get to read the rest of this passage, but even if you're like a, um, um, one of the gifts that seems like a lesser gift, like those are actually the, the most honorable positions to be. Like no matter where you are, God's gifted you. And if you're not using those gifts for the benefit of the local church, then that church is actually stunted, right? Because it's a body who has an ear that's not functioning. It has an ear that's refusing to be an ear because it's, like lazy, doesn't want to get involved, or maybe it like 
wants to be an eye and isn't content with being an ear. Like, it's, it's really important that you use your gifts because if you're not, the local church that you find yourself in is actually, is actually stunted. Like, it'll actually never be the body that's made to be, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, the second thing and the last thing on this is in order to do that well, um, and this is really important, in order to do that well, you need to get to know you. You need to get to know you, which sounds really weird to say. Um, it sounds really selfish and self-centered, but it's true. You need, to, you need to spend time, lots of time, getting to know yourself. Um, and it will actually benefit like your relationship with God, your relationship with other people. But really specifically here, like, it will benefit the church through you understanding your gifts. So you need to spend a lot of time getting to know you. Um, here are some tools you can use. First is just do stuff. Like, just get out there and do stuff. When I was in college, I spoke weekly at this, like, super small um, country Baptist church in Rome, Mississippi. Uh, and every week, there was a special music. Didn't you all grow up where there was, a, like, a special music? Um, and, like, right before the sermon, there was a special music. Church was really small, like 15 people. So the lady would come up, and she had a little, like, old boom box, and she would, like, push in the tape, you know, like, instrumental version only, and, like, she'd press play, and she'd sing with it. Um, and I'm proud of her for doing something, like, trying to use her gifts, but I'll, I'll say this, that, like, singing special music was not necessarily her gift, right? Like... Every week, it was that kind of like awkward, this is just really uncomfortable and nobody wants to say anything. So do stuff, but then the second thing is um, ask questions. Like ask other people, hey, so where do you, where do you see me as having gifts? Is it, is it me doing special music each week? And then when you're asked questions, like have the courage to be honest with people. Um, like ideally in the body of Christ we would be like active and assertive and going to people like ideally Rome Baptist Church someone would have gone to this like loving, sweet, well-meaning woman and like had a conversation with her but that's really hard and difficult and can be hurtful actually this week at our church I can't share too many details of course um, but this week there's someone serving in a way that it's just really not where he's gifted. And so we're having to have a conversation with him, like, hey, dude, like, this doesn't seem loving, but it's actually loving the church, and it's actually loving you. Like, maybe you need to not do this anymore. Let's help you figure out what you do need to do, right? Those are hard conversations, but those are necessary conversations. So do something, and then ask questions. Like, ask people, like, hey, so I got to teach that Bible study. What's, what's your feedback? Like, how did it go? Will you give me some criticism and feedback, all right? Uh, another tool is... Assessments. There are a million assessments out there. Some are really good. Um, let me give you three that I think are really great. Uh, some of y'all, y'all will be familiar with. Um, one is uh, it's called fivefold survey. Has anyone heard of this or done this? All right, the uh, URL on the board. Fivefold survey dot com. The idea behind this is, uh, we read it yesterday in Ephesians 4, um, and God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the building up of the body of Christ. Um, I think what Paul is talking about is like, 
like uh, kind of like vocational church leaders equipping lay people for the work of ministry. But the idea behind this is that like we all have those gifts to a certain extent. Like you may be an apostle, you may be a prophet, you may be an evangelist, a shepherd, or a teacher. So this helps you discover that. It's really, really good and really helpful. Another is something called the Myers-Briggs. You all know your Myers-Briggs type, personality type? Okay, good. Uh, if you don't, just Google Myers-Briggs free. <laughs> because there are a lot that cost money, but there are a lot of free, simple ones. Um, there's another one called the Enneagram. Any of y'all know what number you are? What number are you? A one? Cool. Um, Enneagram's really good and helpful. Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, these aren't like Christian sort of assessments, but they're still good and valid and like common grace helping you get to know um, yourself. There's another one that I really like. It's uh, There's no assessment you can take, but just for you guys to think about, there are three categories that we see throughout the Bible, um, especially in the Old Testament, and then you see how Jesus fulfills each of these categories. Prophet, priest, somebody know the last one? King, prophet, priest, and king. Um, so you can think about those three categories as you read scripture, and you can ask yourself, like, who do I identify with? Like a prophet asks this question, where are we going? So as you guys are working on houses this summer, the prophet sees in his head, like the finished, the, like the result, you know? Like this house that was once leaking, and the roof is caving in, and now it's beautiful and put together, and looks amazing has awesome curb appeal. The prophet sees that. Um, the priest asks, who are we going to take along the way? Like, who's going to go with us? So a priest is like, man, this stuff with construction is fine, but listen, we have campers, right? Like, we need to be investing in and pouring into these students. Like, we have them for a week. Like, I just want to care for them. I love them so much. That's a priest. And then a king asked, like, all this is great, like caring for students, that finished product, not product, but that finished result that we're going for, but how in the world are we going to get there? Like, that's a lot going on, right? Like, we have to invest in these students, we have to delegate, we have all these things going on. How's that going to work, right? Um, that's what a king asks, prophet, priest, king. All right. So to conclude, two days ago, we talked about, like, what church looks like if you were a complete outsider, if you were like an alien who dropped in on a Sunday morning. And you guys said things like a bunch of people dressed up, um, the most segregated hour in America. There are a lot of big buildings here, a lot of land. Must be something important happening. There are a lot of weird like names for these groups of people. Like, what does that even mean? But as we've seen throughout these three days... Like, the biblical idea of a church is infinitely richer than that. Like, the church is God's dwelling place on earth. Like, extending God's presence to the ends of the earth as God's temple. Um, the church is a body of followers of Jesus where you can experience rich, real, authentic, genuine relational intimacy and where you can, where God has provided the means and structure for you to flourish and grow in spiritual maturity, for you to find your purpose in life. And then the church is the place where like, God has gifted you 
to serve and to help other people grow into spiritual maturity and flourish and find their purpose in life. There are a million things that we didn't get to talk about that I wish we would have, especially if it weren't 6 a.m. Um, things that I'm fired up about, but y'all would be snoozing, like church government and sacraments and like the worship service, but then what about Monday through Saturday? Like there are a million things we didn't get to talk about. But here's my prayer for you guys, that you have a more compelling idea of the church than you did before. So now instead of talking about those things, like church government, elders and deacons and pastors and staff, how does all that work? Instead of talking about those things, my prayer is that you'll experience them, right? Like just go, get plugged into a local church that's healthy, like that cares about health, um, that's pursuing health, and that cares about the Bible, um, and cares about Jesus, and just like plug in deeply there, and you'll experience like church government and deacons serving you and elders pastoring you and doing the sacraments and worship services and scattering throughout the week. Um, all that said, four or five minutes, any questions, thoughts, ideas, conversation? Um, maybe not, and that's okay too. Anything like, man, you said this, will you clarify that? Or you didn't say this, and I'm just curious about it. And maybe it is about church government. If it is, let's have coffee and talk for an hour about it, because I, I love it. Yeah, and then... Uh, what happens when the church gets too far away from these things? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think there are a lot of... These are the sorts of conversations where I'm like, I wish we could stop recording and just have an honest conversation. Uh, but like to be, just to be real with you, I think there are a lot of uh, organizations, uh, because the church, in a sense, like the church, there's this organic sense of it, like filled with the Spirit of God, the people of Jesus. But there's also, I think, a legitimate organized component of it. Like um, there's financial structures and government and all these sorts of things. So I think there are a lot of organizations that call themselves church, like such and such church. But like I don't think that they're, like they have the um, organized, structured part of being a church, but I think this part of being like people who are actually filled with the Spirit of God, um, followers of Jesus, organized together, meeting together for worship, scattering together throughout the week, like none of that's there. So like even though their name says church, like, I don't know if I'd call them a church. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's what happens when, like, there are a lot of churches in our city that, man, have strayed so far from this biblical idea of the church. And I think it's fine. Like, man, they're a good, like, they're a fine organization, but they may not be a church, you know? Um, and that's really sad, but it's just a reality. So what was your question or thought? So having said that, and, you know, feeling compelled to spend uh, an entire week discussing this, on the universal church like, side? Like, is this something that you think that we're not, like that churches as a whole are not doing as well? Or do you think they're even closer to Yeah. I think both at the same time. But then I'll say this. Um, you know, I, I believe that like, so a lot of the passages we read two days ago talk about like Jesus being the cornerstone of the church. Um, all these Old Testament passages about a shepherd, like the Lord is my shepherd, 
And then Jesus comes along and he's the true good shepherd. So this whole idea like that the church is built on the foundation of Christ and then Jesus is the pastor of the church. Like each local church has a group of pastors, but ultimately they're like under shepherds, underneath the chief shepherd, which is Jesus. Does that make sense? Um, A healthy church recognizes, a healthy, real, true church recognizes like, hey, we're led by Jesus. So, to answer your question, because I believe that that's true, because I believe that Jesus is the chief shepherd, and I believe Jesus really is, like somewhere, Jesus in his physical body, like is ruling and reigning and orchestrating all things, then I believe at the end of the day, like the church will win, right? Like we didn't get to talk about it Tuesday because we ran out of time. I was so sad. But in Revelation 21, we have this picture where it's like Eden, like where heaven and earth like where heaven dives into and invades earth and heaven and earth are fully united, it's like Eden on steroids, right? Like the, It's not just a garden, but it's the whole earth that's filled with God's presence. Um, the whole earth is a temple for God's presence. Uh, and like that will happen. And that's happening around the world. God's presence is being expanded to the ends of the earth through the church. And it's going to happen because Jesus is in charge. Um, now, yeah, I mean, they're like in America, like... Things are shifting, um, and all that's true, but, like, Jesus is in charge, like, the church is going to win, and it's going to happen, so. Um, one more, and then I've got, a, like, a shameless plug I want to give you guys. Um, yesterday you talked about um, how we need to grow up in our spiritual maturity, but, like, what are some steps that you say, like, you think like, somebody could take to do that? Yeah. So y'all are talking about a lot this summer. Do y'all still do, like, spiritual discipline stuff? Yeah, so there's a lot of that, but um, a lot of that happens like one-on-one, like me with me and me with God. Um, But where the church is, where you can find this like horizontal aspect, like me with other people, me with you. And um, the church is, like I really do believe, structures that God has set in place, like leaders and shepherds and deacons and places for community to happen. Like those are the structures... um, even though in local churches they're flawed, like those are the structures God has set up like for you to thrive and for you to flourish. That's what Paul's talking about in Colossians 1. Like, um, it's my mandate, it's my mission to present you all mature in Christ. And so the really practical steps for that is like just showing up for worship and singing um, and like sitting under preaching and not sitting under preaching in a like... Um, consumeristic way like after the service you're like man i really like that sermon like or i really like that preacher i can really connect with that person but instead just be like man i just want to learn like i just want to take a lower seat here be humble and learn from this does that make sense like so many people tell me after i preach like man i really like that or that was a really good sermon like when we're, when we're listening to preaching we take the place of a judge or a critic instead of like a humble servant learner does that make sense um so those are the practical suggestions. Like the church is the place. Like it's the soil that God has given you where you can like, like shoot up and bloom into this beautiful flourishing plant. Um, and if you're not in the soil, like maybe you can, like maybe there's a shoot here and there or a weed, but like only can you flourish like when you're planted deep in that soil. And not like, uh, like I think about, let's say you buy a plant at a nursery. And then you plant it at your house. 
but then you don't like where it is, so you want to move it to the backyard. And then it's getting too much sun here, so you want to move it here. Like that plant's never, like it's, it's just, it's never going to thrive. It's never going to flourish. Like only will you flourish when you're like planted in this soil, the right soil, the good soil, for the long haul, and then you'll thrive and flourish. That's like a picture of like American church hoppers. We just move around. You'll never grow and flourish. But it takes a while for the plant to grow and flourish. And that's okay. Like that's the way God, God wants to do it. So, Hey, one shameless plug, and then I'll, I'll head out, is um, two opportunities I'll mention to you guys. If you're, like, if, you, if you're like, man, I love the church, and I even think I'm called to like, um, commit my life to working with the church full time. Um, I would encourage you like, to explore that. Like, just like what I'm saying, like, try stuff out and ask questions. And here's one way that you can explore it. At Christ City, we have an internship. And I really believe in it. I really think it's, I really, it's, of course I'm biased. Um, but like, we're small enough to where it can be, like our interns are like, le- like kind of top tier leading. Um, that you just can't get if like you're participating in this amazing internship at this mega church. You know what I mean? Um, like our interns are helping shape preaching. One of our interns, uh, actually at the end of his internship, got to preach. Like that doesn't happen at like a giant mega church. Um, so if you want to explore that, like that's the point of our internship, helping people explore like, hey, am I called to vocational church ministry? I'd love to talk with you about that. Um, just come grab me or Jake can help you get in touch with me. Secondly, um, if you're a college student who lives in Memphis, are any, did any of y'all go to school here locally? Not very many people. So if any of y'all, um, uh, I'm working with a group of churches to hire a like part-time kind of outreach youth ministry worker to work in local schools. Just a few hours a week, like on the side while you're in college. So if any of y'all are interested in that, come talk to me too. Um, so those two things. Cool. Let me, let me pray for y'all. Lord, again, thank you for the church. and um, Yeah, I think, and it's a biblical metaphor, this idea of soil and um, like being planted by streams of water where there's rich, fertile soil where we can flourish and grow. That's a biblical metaphor. And, and that's my prayer for all of us who are gathered here this morning that um, we would be able to find rich, fertile, really good, healthy, nourishing soil And we would just be able to plant ourselves. And we would be able to serve and discover our gifts, the ways that you, Holy Spirit, are empowering and equipping and gifting us. Um, And that we would really thrive and flourish, that we would have patience, uh, because it takes a long time for a tree to grow into a giant tree. Um, It just takes a long time of being in soil. And so, Lord, that's my prayer, that churches all over the country would be so blessed by the people in this room, and the people in this room would be so blessed by those churches. And Jesus would get a lot of honor, and the presence of God will go forward into all the earth uh, through the temple, the church. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.